right, take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verse 9, and we're going to go through chapter 4, verse 12. We are, we are coming to the end of this study. As a matter of fact, next Wednesday night will be our last message in the book of Ruth, and as for the series... We have titled this, Grace for Ruth, Grace for All. And I hope you've been encouraged by the grace that we see here throughout this letter and the grace that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, throughout this series, we have, we have seen a lot of things change in the life of Ruth. Here we have had this woman from wicked Moab, and she has been saved. She's become a godly woman. She has walked in the will of the Lord. She has met a godly man. She has gone to his feet. There's going to be a Messiah-honoring marriage that is going to take place. She is going to be supplied with all of her needs. By the way, needs that she has gone without for quite a while. Sin and death has robbed Ruth of a lot of the things that she had in her life. So she has gone through a hard, lonely time. But now she has been given a Redeemer. She has received the Lord. She has walked in His will. And she is entering into this marriage. And this marriage is a picture to you and I of the redemption of God. We have a blessed Redeemer in our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to use that word redemption tonight. We're going to talk about being redeemed tonight. And so I invite you to listen to what we mean when we're talking about redemption and when we're talking about being redeemed. We're talking about a ransom price being paid. We're talking about one being set free in deliverance because of the price that has been paid for you. If there's anyone here tonight who does not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, here as in as in online and tuning in, I consider you here in some way. But maybe maybe your thoughts have been in your upbringing in whatever kind of religion you've belonged to, whatever kind of belief you've belonged to. Maybe you're not even practicing it anymore. You're not a part of it. But, but you rest on some kind of upbringing that you've had. Or maybe it's a self-righteous journey that you are striving to be on, that you might pay your own way. I invite you to put all of those futile processes aside tonight, that you might come to the one, the only one, who has bought your soul in salvation. If you would accept what has been done for you, we invite you 
to the blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you might trust Him, that you might know Him as your Lord and Savior. We're going to look at the facts of redemption tonight, the function of redemption tonight, and the steps of faith in receiving redemption tonight. What we share tonight should flood the heart of those who are children of God. I don't know what kind of discouraging state you might be in tonight. I don't know what the changes have done to affect your life lately that we are dealing with. But I invite you to look away from those things and to look at redemption in Jesus Christ and all of the redeeming work that He has done to purchase our soul and to preserve it for heaven. And, and we should be full and we should be fulfilled and satisfied when we look at all that Jesus Christ has done for us. If you are not certain that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this evening, we believe you'll enjoy being redeemed. We believe that you will love the peace that comes from it, that you will be blessed by the purpose, unlike purpose in life that you've ever known, and most importantly, the pardon from all of your sins by the price Jesus has paid for you. There is nothing else but Jesus for you. He's the only one who has made the purchase that is sure and is steadfast and is for eternity. We believe you'll enjoy being saved. But let us think about the work of the buyout as we consider this redemption in Christ. Now, let us go back a week to last week and let us recall what has gone on with Ruth and Boaz. Ruth has popped the question to Boaz. Now, that is in response to his first move. I like to qualify that every time because in my old-fashioned way, which I think is the right way, uh, the man ought to make the first move. And Boaz has, and she has responded to his move in a request for marriage. She is asking for her needs to be met. And you know, the Lord has so many promises in his word for his people. He has promises of so many blessings for you and I. And we go without sometimes because of what James says we have not because we ask not. So we learn from here simply to, to ask for those things that the Lord so readily and willingly is ready to provide for you and I. For those who are His children, for those who have trusted in Him, He will do what He says He will do. You can count on God. So in verses 10 through 18... We see Ruth pursuing Boaz, and we see Boaz making promises to Ruth. He makes it absolutely clear to her that she can depend on all of her needs to be met. She can completely depend on being provided for by him as her kinsman redeemer. Now, as we consider the the work of this buyout here, 
Let us think about the guarantee. Look with me in verses 10 through 13 as we see a guarantee from Boaz to Ruth. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Here we go. We had that last week. And now, it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. So we have a guarantee here from Boaz that he will do the redeeming. We'll get to that other kinsman in a little while. But we see that Boaz is assuring and promising that he will do the redeeming of Ruth. The one who can pay the price will do the redeeming. It says in verse 11 that he, Boaz, he will do all that thou requirest. He does all the work of this kinsman redeeming in Ruth's life. And Jesus Christ does all that is required for a person to be redeemed. The Bible says in Hebrews, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own precious blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And it goes on a couple of chapters later in Hebrews, and it says, For we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Friends, we can't redeem ourselves. We cannot buy ourselves out of the sinful slave market that we are doomed into on our own. There is no way that we can get out of it by ourselves. We are not to give it all to try to pay that price. We're not to give it all to, buy, to try to be redeemed on our own. We don't have anything to give toward redemption. People are trying to, and religion is leading people to do so, but there is nothing that you and I can do in and of ourselves, by ourselves, to buy ourselves out of this situation. Only Jesus could afford the price that was to be paid. And He was willing to suffer through the payment being made so that you and I could be bought out by Him. And he, he was not only willing to suffer that payment, He did. And He promises, He guarantees that you are paid in full by Him and the payment that He has made if you will trust in Him for Jesus Christ to be your personal Redeemer. That is the only way 
to be bought out of the slave market of sin. Peter says it's not of silver and it's not of gold, but of the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That is the only purchasing power for any soul that they might be redeemed. So we see a guarantee in the work of this buyout that it's all Christ and he does it all for us. But we also see a gain in this buyout as we look back to to Ruth in this situation with Boaz. Look with me in verses 14 through 17. Ruth says to Boaz, it says of Ruth, and she lay at his feet until the morning. And she rose up before one could know another. And he said, let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also, he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said unto me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. We see again here. We see that things not only went well for Ruth in her marriage request, but we see that things went really well in the means and resources of of Ruth's satisfaction being met, of her needs and Naomi's needs being provided for. She leaves Boaz with, I'm sure, over half her weight in barley on her back. And now, just as we shared a few chapters ago, she is going through town again with these blessings on her back. She has an abundant supply, but she has a little bit of a different twinkle in her eye. So she goes and she gets back to Naomi. And you can imagine Naomi giving her instructions. And it's that big moment that she knows Ruth is coming together with Boaz to to talk about marriage. And so Naomi probably meets her at the door. And you can imagine in verse 16, the way this is playing out, her saying something like, well, do you have any news for me? Are you the bride to be? And you know, there's something we see in this verse here, and that is that Ruth answers with the abundance of her needs met. It's as if she shows her all of this barley and says, well, look what I have for us, and you just tell me what you think. She shows this abundance in an answer To Naomi, as if to say, yes, hallelujah, there is going to be a wedding. I have a redeemer and we are going to be married. It's going to be a Messiah honoring ceremony and marriage from us. You know, she it's she speaks and and use the grain to represent her engagement to Boaz. Well, you know. There is proof of us being being children of God by the blessings of God in our lives. 
Our provision is proof that we belong to the Lord. In the 68th Psalm and the 19th verse, it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. I tell you what, the Lord makes provision for you and I. He makes external provisions for you and I. We see in Matthew chapter 6, it speaks of the lilies of the field. It speaks of the fowl of the air and the grass and how the Lord takes care of them. And we are better than the birds. We are a special creation of God. And if He takes care of all of these things in nature, then He is most definitely going to take care of our external needs. He feeds the birds. He clothes the grass of the field. He is going to feed and clothe us. He is going to take care of us. He has external provision already planned for our lives. But then there's, there are better provisions that are planned for the child of God. And that would be the internal provision. You know, because the Lord has given us His Holy Spirit. When we trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, right then and there, we received the Spirit of the Lord to come live within us. And, and that internal blessing that we have of God in us, the Lord living within is, is a great provision for our lives. The way we are going to live the Christian life is by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And He lives within so that we can do this. How about the peace within? How about the peace of the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer? Because Romans 8.16 says the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What peace to know that we've gone from enmity with God to peace with God. And we know it. We know we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And the Comforter resides within. And and just speaks to our heart in that silent way. We have the peace and we know that we have been saved. What internal provisions the Lord has made for us. So there's the gain of this work of the buyout. But let's look now at the grind of this work of the buyout in redemption. Look with me at verse 18. Then said she... This is Naomi speaking to Ruth. Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. You know, many people are trying to do many things. And they have many things in their mind as far as being accepted with God. And being right with God. There are many people that believe in an eternity with God. There are many people that believe in an eternity without God. And that's good. But what's bad is the way people believe about being accepted by God. 
People are doing all different kinds of things and they have this wishful hope that they're doing what's right, that they're doing enough to being accepted by God. Naomi is leading Ruth by wise, godly counsel and her leadership of Ruth is to go to the kinsman redeemer Boaz to make requests to him, to trust him, and then to wait on him for him to do what he will do. And that's good advice because what Boaz can do, Ruth cannot do. He can supply redemption for her. Ruth can't supply redemption for herself. He can meet her needs for the rest of her life. And this is something that she is unable to do. Except that she makes requests to him. And she trusts him. And now she waits upon him. Because he says he will do all that there is needed to be done. He's doing the work. He's Grinding it out, if you will. He's doing all the work in becoming her kinsman redeemer. And don't you know that Jesus Christ is constantly working for us? Even in those mundane times, even in those times when you're down, even though when it seems like nothing is going right, we are promised by God's word that he is always working for good in our lives. It may be something a little painful sometimes. It may be something stretched out over a longer period of time than we care for, where we cry out like the psalmist, How long, O Lord, how long? But it's never to hurt us just to hurt us. God is always working for our good And we can trust that. We can trust what the Lord is doing. Because he never sleeps nor slumbers. But continually grinds away to provide for his children. He had a mission upon this earth. And he came and fulfilled it. He said it's finished on the cross. And he died for us. Was buried. Was raised again. And he ascended to heaven for you and I. And he finished that mission on earth. But let's understand something. He's working on a mission from heaven. In, in his oversight from heaven. As well as being here with us in our heart. He is providing for us. He is caring for us. He is watching over his children. He has bought us out completely, you understand. And he'll never leave us nor forsake us. As Peter said, we are kept by the power of God through faith. He always has a mission in our lives. It just changed gears when he left earth and ascended to heaven. Let's go from the work of this buyout to the worth of the buyout. And when I speak of the worth of the buyout, I'm not talking about the one being redeemed. I'm talking about the redeemer, the one who's going to do the redeeming. And we see this in chapter 4 and verses 1 through 10. Let's go through all these verses. It says, Then went Boaz up to the gate, And sat him down there. And behold the kinsman of whom Boaz spake. Came by unto whom 
he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Set ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is, come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe and Boaz said unto the elders and unto the people, ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day." So what we have here is some qualifications to take place for the one to do the redeeming. There were some requirements that must be met in order for someone to fulfill the role as a kinsman redeemer. There was a family requirement, okay? The redeemer had to be a near relative of the one to be redeemed. And Boaz qualified for that. Leviticus 25.25 says this about it. If thy brother waxen poor and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. So there was a family requirement for one to be the redeemer. But there was also a fund requirement for one to be the redeemer. The kinsman redeemer had to have the purchasing power. He had to have the wealth to be able to perform this work of a kinsman. And then something else I'll call the for it power. The for it requirement. He had to have the willpower as well as the purchasing power. He had to have the will to perform this work. He had to be willing to do it. He had to be willing to use his wealth to buy back the inheritance. Boaz qualified by his wealth and by his will, as well as the relationship requirements. And you know, Jesus Christ qualifies 
He qualifies to be our blessed redeemer by his wealth. And by his will to do for us what he did. And by a relationship. Listen to Philippians chapter 2 as I read a short portion of verse. It says of Jesus that he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. So he made this payment in a relationship qualification to us. But there's also a resource qualification that we can check Jesus out on. Listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews 7.25 says Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. And you go a few more chapters down. Chapter 10. And it says, no I'm sorry. We're going to Ephesians chapter 3. And it's a verse we're familiar with around here. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He had the resources to make the purchase for the entire world. To be the blessed redeemer for everyone if everyone in the world came to him as Lord and Savior. And you know, he had the will to carry it out. Jesus says... That he came to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, no one took Jesus' life, specifically speaking here. Jesus laid down his own life. He laid his life down for the sheep. He willingly died on that cross. He willingly paid the price of his precious, innocent blood in our place to be able to purchase us. He is the one and only spiritual redeemer for all of mankind. No one else qualifies. Buddha doesn't qualify. Muhammad doesn't qualify. No one qualifies to be a redeemer for anyone throughout the universe except for Jesus. No one could afford the price. No one had what it took to pay the price. It was only by his blood of his perfect life and having died and paid the price for you and I. No one can better themselves to attempt to qualify to be our Redeemer. It's only Jesus. There's nothing that anyone could do to pay the ransom price that He paid for souls and to be able to set them free from sin. All one can do is humbly and helplessly receive the qualified one. Trust the one who paid it all for you and I. There's something else we need to look at here, and we just read about it, and that is the weakness of the buyout. We looked at the requirements. There was a family requirement, a fund requirement, and a for it requirement. Jesus was, he was for it, by the way. He was willingly for it and laid down his life. But, and that's the power of the buyout by redemption in him. But let's look at the weakness of the buyout for Boaz. 
Because the way we have looked at this and what we have seen is that Boaz is near kin and he is willing and he has the wealth to be the kinsman redeemer. But we just read something here. And that is there is one roadblock in his way. There is another who is nearer of kin than Boaz. And by the law, that one has to have the opportunity to be the kinsman redeemer. And Boaz didn't contemplate a scheme. He didn't try to explain it away. He didn't try to put an extra clause in there to justify something he wanted to do in, in maybe his own selfish means or, or a passionate, sincere desire he had. He didn't do that. He was a righteous, respected man. So he went by the law and went to the one who was more closely qualified than he was. And Boaz knows he meets the relationship requirement. He's closer in kin. But does he meet the resources requirement? Does he have the wealth to do it? And is he willing to do it? Boaz goes to this one. And the first thing he says is, yes, I'm willing. Don't you know that that's a dagger in Boaz's heart? But he's doing what's right. He's willing. He's willing to buy the inheritance. But he's actually not willing to do something else. He's not willing to marry Ruth. And he's not willing to raise children in her deceased husband's name. He's not willing to do that. So in the symbolic way they did it, he took off his shoe and he handed it to Boaz and he just says, I, I'm not qualified, I'm not willing, I am not the redeemer, I'm not going to be able to do it, I've got to pass it to you. So Boaz gets the opportunity there was one thing in his way, but unable to redeem. What do you and I do with that? Well, there's a lot we can do with that. Because there are a lot of things that try to get in the way of someone being redeemed in the only way they can be redeemed. Because a lot of things claim that there's redemption in it. And a lot of people think there's redemption in this and redemption in that. In, in one's own flesh. When someone says that I'm a good person and I can buy my way there and I can do good deeds, I can do better deeds than anyone who sits in the church every Sunday and I know I'm good enough and I know God's too loving to do this and they conjure up this golden calf in their mind, that's saying that the flesh is qualified. That's saying they can just clean up old Adam, if you will. You know, the first man, the one that the curse came upon the entire world in. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it speaks of, of the death by sin and death passed upon all men for all have sinned. And so the curse of Adam has passed on to every single one. And we fall short of the glory of God. We are unacceptable as we are in what we've received from Adam. But a lot of people are trying to clean up old Adam, if you will, and do good enough in their own ability. That's a futile attempt. And I beg you 
to no longer think that way. I beg you to understand that none of us measure up to God's glory. That's why Jesus Christ suffered and paid that price to buy you out of your sin. You can't buy yourself out of your sin if you're listening tonight and you have never trusted in the Lord Jesus as Savior. You know, something else that would be a roadblock would be the law of God. There, there are many people that, that look upon the Bible and they look upon the commandments of God as something good and they're doing their best to keep those commandments. Well, let's see how we're doing. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not steal. Honor thy father and mother. Have we never told a lie? Have we never taken anything that doesn't belong to us? Have, did we perfectly honor our father and mother? Or are we perfectly honoring our father and mother? No, we all fall short of God. However, you have people that are trying to do good. They, they believe and they say that they are living the Bible the best they can to be accepted by God. When the very law of God shows us that we need to be redeemed, but it can't redeem. The law shows us not a hope and not a way through the law. It shows us our condemnation. It shows us that we fall short. It shows us that it's futile for you and I to try to keep God's law in order to be saved, to get saved, to be bought, to be accepted by God. We can't do that. Only one could do that. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he did for you and I. To redeem us. No one nor anything can pay the price. Jesus Christ paid it for you though. He paid it for you and he loves you. And you're accepted in him. If you will accept him. You are bought by him. If you will humble yourself and submit yourself to Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can set anyone free. Jesus says, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. It's by the Son. You are set free from your sin only by Jesus Christ. If you have never been saved, you know you are in the bondage of sin. You know you feel the weight of your sin. You know there is not a certainty for you that you are going to be saved. There is a reason why nothing and no one offers assurance of heaven with God except for the Christian belief, except in Jesus Christ, because the only assurance found is in Him. He set you free. Praise God. If you're a child of God listening here tonight, quit looking at your circumstances and look up and consider your Lord Jesus Christ and all he suffered to set you free. He has bought you. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. We have something else to look at here as we close. And that is the wow of the buyout because we have been looking at steps on the way to redemption here but there's something very important for you and I to look at that takes place after redemption and we see this in verses 11 and 12 
Let's look at the changed one in verse 11. Chapter 4, verse 11 says, And all the people that were in the gate, and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which two did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephratah, and be famous in Bethlehem. Wow, we have a changed one here. We have people gathering around. And we have a rejoicing going on over this redemption. Over this changed woman. Ruth used to be called the wicked one from Moab. Now she's called the woman. And she's likened under Rachel and Leah. She's been elevated She's been elevated. She has been changed in redemption. Praise God. And for you and I to be bought by Jesus Christ, by the price that he paid, we go from sinners to saints. We go from outcasts to being indwelt. We go from filthy to family when we are redeemed in Jesus Christ. We are no longer. What we used to be. And who we used to be. We are elevated. And we are changed. When we are redeemed. By the Lord Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 9. Paul, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth. These were. A lot of lost sinners running around Corinth. Dead in their sins. When he first went there. And he ministered the gospel to them. And they were saved. And so he says in those verses there. He speaks of. He gives a list. Of everything they were. And everything they used to do. And you put an emphasis on. Were. Such were some of you. But now. You are sanctified. You are justified. In the name. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. You were something before, but you now are something different, child of God. You have been changed. You have been sanctified by Jesus Christ. And anyone can be. Anyone can be that is hearing this message tonight. There is a change for you. All of your sins forgiven. A new creature in Christ. Behold, all things pass away. Old things pass away and all things are become new. In Jesus Christ. But let's go from the changed one. To the changer. In verse 12. Look with me in verse 12. And we're about to finish up. It says. And let thy house be like the house of Pharez. Whom Tamar bare unto Judah. And of the seed. Which the Lord shall give thee. Of this young woman. Ruth. Has been changed. The people are rejoicing, but you know what? The primary rejoicing of the people is for the Redeemer, not the one being redeemed. Because of what Boaz has done, he had the wealth, he had the will to redeem her, and he did so. And look, the change in our lives is not for our glory. 
The, the longing that you have to be back in the house of God, it's such a good thing. The light that you reflect from Jesus Christ, you loving the things of God is a great thing. It encourages me to see it. But that credit is not for you or not, and I. That credit is for Jesus Christ. If he hadn't saved you and I, you and I wouldn't love those things. You and I wouldn't reflect those things. You and I wouldn't be changed if we hadn't been saved by Jesus. Look, this redeeming work, all the credit, honor, and glory goes to our precious Lord and Savior. So glorify Him tonight. Glorify God tonight, children of God. Lakeway, magnify your Savior and look at this redeeming work and all He has done. And if you are listening in tonight and you are convinced by the power of the Word of God that you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you do not have the peace of coming into, away from enmity, enmity with God and into peace with God through Jesus Christ, Jesus wants to buy you out of your death, your hell, and your grave that's coming. And He wants to give you eternal life. He's already paid the price for you. I'm talking about you individually. You who have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He loves you and He showed it by paying the price for you. He's the only one that can purchase you for heaven and save you. I pray you'll let Him do so tonight. And you will let us know in one way or another that you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Lakeway, this was a long message tonight, but it was a lot of verses. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're blessed by the Lord. And I, I love you so much, and I cannot wait to see you again. Please keep praying one for another. Let us close now in a word of prayer. Father, tonight, we come to you and it's been so good to be in your word. Lord, you are sustaining your people. Dear God, I thank you that when hindrances come our way, that we can look to you. That Lord, we can wake up to you speaking to us when we read your word. That we can speak to you when we go to you in prayer as we are now. And Lord, help us to speak to others about you. That someone might be redeemed by the only one with purchasing power, glory, hallelujah, to our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for being our Lord and Savior. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.